Hello and welcome to O to Beer, the Huddersfield Town podcast from Examiner Live. I'm your new host, Stephen Chicken. We're going to be doing something a little bit different this week. We will be going back to the format that you're familiar with. We've got some fantastic guests coming in to talk about everything Huddersfield Town, both ahead of and all the way through the new season in the Championship. But this week, I'm one chicken flying solo. And I'm going to be bringing you the updates from Town's pre-season training camp in Austria. I'm recording this from my hotel room in Kirschberg on Thursday the 11th of July, the day after Town have just played their two friendlies against Greuterfurt, or Greuterfurt, I'm not quite sure how it's pronounced still. My German is still a little bit rusty as the hotel staff are finding to their disadvantage each time I've gone down for breakfast this morning. Uh, I say gone down for breakfast this morning, I've only been down for breakfast once this morning. Each time I've been down for breakfast this week is what I meant. I know that um, those of you who have seen me will know I'm a bit overweight, but I'm not a multiple breakfast kind of guy. Anyway, I wanted to bring you a few updates and give you a bit of a sense of, of how things have been going out here. So Town played those two friendlies yesterday against Greuterfurt, who are a German lower league side. And while they were playing more or less their first 11, according to, to Jan Sievert, Town were a little bit more experimental. The first game they started with what pretty much looked like their first 11 or something quite similar to, to what we, you might imagine their first 11 to be ahead of the new season. And after about an hour, they brought on 10 substitutions. They changed the entire outfield and brought on a second string. And that was more or less the team that started the second game. And the substitutions were then reversed with the, the first string coming on in the second half. Now, the first game finished in, in a one-all draw. Town went behind due to a mix-up between the defence and Joel Coleman. There was a throw-in out on the left for Town. Ended up going back to Joel Coleman and, and the striker, the third striker, closed down Coleman and, and blocked his kick and the ball bounced straight into the net, much to Coleman's frustration. Now, the goalkeeper situation at Town, I understand that they are still on the lookout for a Premier League loan, uh, similar to what they had with Danny Ward a few seasons ago during the promotion campaign when they brought him on loan from Liverpool. And Ramsdale is one of the people that has been spoken about from Bournemouth, but I understand that he is just one of a number of goalkeepers that Town are looking at, That and that that is the kind of profile, the young Premier League goalkeeper who probably isn't going to get the chance in the first team this year, but is definitely ready for first-team football. But they gave Joel Coleman a, a fair run-out in goal in the first game. He played the entire first game. Ryan Schofield, who spent part of last season on loan at Notts County, played the, the whole of the, the second game. To be honest, Schofield and Coleman, neither of them had too much to do. Furt had a lot of territory, particularly in the second game, and a lot of possession, but they never really got chances on goal. Uh, the town were definitely the team that, that looked most likely to score in both games, even though, obviously, the score lines were very tight in both Carlin Grant really was the difference. His finishing is is obviously a quality that we're used to seeing uh, from his appearances after he joined in January. He was, you know, doing the business in the Premier League, and it looks like he's certainly going to be capable of doing it in the Championship. Caught up with Carlin after the second game. Carlin, how do you feel like the the preseason training's going in general so far, particularly in light of the two goals you got today? Well, firstly, tough. It's been tough. But no, it's always good to score, you know, I mean, that's what I thrive off and that's what I want to keep doing. And I thought there was some excellent performances today, particularly Dear Carby, you set up your, your goal in the afternoon game. Um, must be good for you to see, you know, attacking players 
uh, stepping up and, and putting goals on the plate for you. Yeah, no, of course. Everyone knows Diaz qualities. You know, he's a good player. You know, he's direct and whatnot. And obviously, he's had, he's looked up, and I've pointed where I wanted it. He's put it there, and I can't thank him enough for it. And there's obviously a great spirit in the camp. You put some videos on your Insta the other day, at the the singing, um, and and I've heard that you're sort of kind of central to that social group. Yeah, I mean, we all get on, you know, it's, it's not just me. I mean, obviously, I want to, it's good to be obviously seen as a big figure in the, in the dressing room, but I mean, that comes from everyone, you know, we want to win, and the only way we're going to do that is by getting a good group together. How well do you know some of the new players that have come into the squad, like of Josh Gromer and players like that? Do, do, you know, do you go back away with them? Or? Yeah, I knew Josh and I knew Reese uh, from before, you know, me and Reese have got mutual friends and I've played against them many times years ago and Josh I know Josh from you know summer and we played like goal sessions and stuff and he comes along and yeah they're both good lads what, what's your what's your goal for the next few days do you have any obviously the team you know you're getting your fitness back up and getting working on your tactical work but do you have any particular goals in mind for the next few days next few weeks um, no I'm just focused on getting fit you know I mean obviously if I don't score in pre-season obviously I it's not the end of the world, but you know, my main focus is to get fit, you know, because it's going to be a long season in that championship. So I think that's the main thing. I mean, today, times I was sloppy because obviously I'm, I'm not quite fit. So you heard us talk about Adama Diakabi a little bit there. The reason I brought Diakabi up is because he was one of the substitutions that they made in the second half alongside Carlin Grant when Sievert brought on that first team, as it were. Diakabi was playing on the right with Flo Hadajanai overlapping from right back. And the two linked up really well in the first game, but Diakabi in particular, when he came on in the second game, looked really good, which is a positive sign for town. Diakabi didn't really get much of a chance to play last season through a combination of David Wagner deciding not to use wingers, having signed wingers last summer, and uh, an injury that Diakabi suffered. He didn't really get too much of a chance, but it looks as though Sievert will value Diakabi in the coming season. Now, obviously, speed is something that Town have a lot of if you consider that they could play Isaac Mbenza and Adama Diakabi alongside Carlin Grant. There's Obviously, they've got more to their game than just speed, but they do have that speed. Isaac Mbenza was one of the fastest players in the Premier League. So there's a real potential for Town to be a, a really impressive counter-attacking team. It was notable in the open training session that we went to that they were practicing pressing drills. Jan Sievert's told us that part of the reason he's been doing those pressing drills is because it's a good way to get the fitness up while doing football because it's obviously very intense, a lot of running involved, but running at the right moments and getting the players' bodies used to that kind of fitness. It's, there's no point sending the players just out jogging for hours on end when it's not relevant to how they're actually going to be playing the game and their bodies are just going to have to readjust once the season starts. So Siebert does believe in introducing the ball and introducing real-life in-game elements to help bring that fitness up as part of those intense sessions. And the emphasis on pressing is something that Town have done before. Under David Wagner, they had the counter-pressing that they did to great effect, and it looks as though that's going to be going back for next season. They're playing a 4-3-3, very similar to Liverpool. Alex Pritchard playing on the left wing is going to be quite important to that as well. Pritchard was put there for the Manchester United game two games before the end of the season, the last home game of the season, and he did really well with his work off the ball. He really helped close down the Manchester United players quickly and, and forced them into, into making errors. He did similar against Southampton in the final game of the season, and that's where he played in the friendly yesterday. He started the first game. 
and it looks like that kind of pressing that Pritchard brought in those games is going to be something that that Siva values really really highly in the coming season if these games and the training session that we saw are anything to go by but what was clear from those games was that Town are very keen to win there were times when certain players and Siva himself as well expressed frustration at the way things were going whether that was a refereeing decision or uh, a poor decision or uh, a foul from the opposition the opposition being a little bit too rambunctious and you could see that the players wanted to win even though they were just pre-season friendlies which is really important you can see how that kind of thing could start working against you if you've got that frustration but I think it's really good at this stage of the summer when Town need to put last season behind them and get back to winning ways to see how much they care even when it comes to a pre-season friendly that they're putting the effort in and they want to win vitally important that they get off to a decent start next season even though they've got some difficult opposition you know they're playing Derby County who were in the playoff final last last season you've got QPR away, any away game in the championship is difficult. And then Fulham and Cardiff are the next two after that, the two teams that have come down from the Premier League alongside town. So it's a, it's a difficult start, but it's positive to see that the players are clearly working their socks off and, and are really keen to get back to winning ways and put last season behind them. That's really good to see. And the other major positive is that they were doing it despite being very tired from the intense training sessions. I did speak to Jan Siva after the second game, and here's what he had to say about that. So yeah, so yeah, so first chance to see the, the players in pre-season in front of the crowd. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you feel like the two games went today? Very well, because I know how, and you have to take this word out. How tired they are. But take this word out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no worries. But I tell you, I tell you, they are definitely because we had four games like uh, uh, sorry four intensive training sessions five including the the trip and I know how tired they are and we played in the first half like with the team who has never played together in this and um, I told them just and that's why I'm so proud of them um, now it's about as a team bring it over the line yeah? Yeah. we say in Germany just, just finish it and we had several chances at the end Richard as well KG finally scored them so which is great for us and uh, I really enjoy working with the team at the moment I was just talking to Phil as well and there's some impressive showings from some of the players that have come off from the academy so yeah. I thought Lewis O'Brien who yeah. was opposite Bradford last year was brilliant this yeah. morning Romani as yeah. well today yeah. uh, in the afternoon yeah. just a lot of positives there when you think of that there was a player on trial there was a player yeah. there were three players from the academy on the pitch yeah so and players who, who just joined from leagues below against the team because this is nearly their first team which, uh, which normally we'll play in the season so it's very interesting for me to see that how good they reacted and for me it's this must be our way uh, finding hungry players and uh, even including the academy with it yeah and uh, two goals for Colin Grant as well obviously yeah. that's something we're hoping to see a lot of over the, ne- over the next year or so I've heard you can score <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, great honour, but for me, to be fair, he's the one who finished it today, but we had several chances and as a team it makes me such proud today. Because um, you can, you obviously saw the sessions, you as well, so uh, I know what Fürth did and I know what we did, so I know what, what this was about. And what have the priorities been this week and over the last couple of weeks? Still, of course, like conditioning, but with the ball, so um, there have been runs, of course, there have been interval training sessions, but as well, tactical parts. High press, defensive press, midfield press, so all included because I, I'm not doing it isolated, I do it in football. What's the plan for Hamburg? Are we going to see more sort of mid-match changes, do you think? Um, 
or I'd rather not say at this point? No, no, for me it's like, first of all, I have to look how they recover now. Unfortunately, which is a bad set for me because Colin Kwana got a bit injured. Maybe we don't know what it is, but we still have to look. He couldn't play. Um, so we'll see what it is and then at the end I can pick the players and have a possibility. What happened with Colin? We didn't quite see. Bang on the head. Bang on the head. It was a bang on the head, so right. uh, he just had a bit of pain. So then I didn't, I didn't want to risk anything. Now, obviously, we wish Colin well. I, I, from speaking to people at the club, I don't think it was anything too serious. I think it was more just a precaution because there's no point risking a player for a friendly. But obviously, we hope uh, Colin Quanner is, is feeling all right this morning. So, which other players caught the eye? We've talked a little bit about Dear Carvey and Grant and Pritchard. I think it would be remiss not to talk a little bit about Lewis O'Brien, who is a player that some of you may not be too familiar with. O'Brien spent last season out on loan at Bradford City having been the Academy Player of the Year two years running but last year was the first time that he actually got a run of first team football under his belt by all accounts he was brilliant at Bradford even though they were bottom of the table I'm told that he was a cut above the League One level and he looks ready for the championship now he was actually in the what was more of a first team for the friendly games against Furt. He was in the midfield alongside Jonathan Hogg and Aaron Moy. And I have to say, he was absolutely outstanding in the morning game in particular. There were three chances that Town had that came as a direct result of Lewis O'Brien on the press, winning the ball, and then either playing it off quickly to an attacker in, in a good position, or taking it on himself and running the ball into space and seeing what he could find. He was really, really impressive. The goal also kind of came about indirectly because of him. It was him that forced the third player into the path of Jonathan Hogg. He sort of turned into a blind alley and Hogg was there. Hogg won the ball and played in Carlin Grant and that was the equaliser in the morning session. So really, really impressed with Lewis O'Brien. He was one of the players I was most excited about seeing, having not got a chance to see him last season and heard those those good reviews coming out of Bradford and I have to say he lived up to the hype. In terms of other youngsters, Ramani Edmonds-Green, who's a 20-year-old who spent part of last season on loan at Brighouse Town, he played centre-back as part of the second eleven that came on partway through the first game and started the second game. He played at centre-back alongside John Gorick Stankovic and again, he was really good. Ramani is apparently one of the fastest players in the academy setup. And you could see that his speed of thought matches what his legs are capable of doing. There were several times where he would come out of the defensive line and, and make a brilliant sliding tackle. I was sat right between the two dugouts and I could hear some admiring words coming from the town dugout at, at that decision and the tackle that he made. And I think that speed allows him to make decisions and take risks that perhaps other centre-backs can't. So that was a, a really nice, pleasant surprise. I think it's important that they have him around the side as a backup option next season if Terence Congolo is going to be playing left-back as it appears he will be. Of course, it could be that they send out Romani on loan. We'll, we'll need to see how the transfer market works out for town. But again, he he, he looked good alongside Stankovic. I also have to say Stankovic was was excellent throughout that second game as well. One person who was conspicuous by his absence in the games was Tommy Smith, who was at the training camp and he was involved in the open training session on Tuesday afternoon, but he didn't play in either of the games despite the heavy rotation in the side and despite the fact that at one point Herbert Bockhorn was taken off with a little bit of a, a knock to his ankle. It was nothing too serious, but again, 
they're they're not going to run the risk of a player getting a serious injury for the sake of a friendly. So Moses McCarthy, who is a trialist who's coming from West Ham, who I believe is primarily a midfielder, was actually the player that came on at right back for Herbert Bockhorn ahead of Flo Hadajanai taking over from him in the second half. And I thought it was interesting that, that Tommy Smith didn't make an appearance. There are reports in the press today that Tommy Smith is on the verge of a move to Stoke City. Whether there's any truth to that or not, we are yet to ascertain. He has been linked with both Celtic and Stoke throughout the summer, but there has been a lot of misinformation around Tommy Smith. So, for instance, there were some reports that he left the training camp early yesterday after saying goodbye to Jan Sievert. That was untrue. He was he was still at the training camp and still at the hotel last night, from what the club tell me. There were also reports that Celtic had sent representatives over to Austria to talk with the club. Again, that is is untrue. We can debunk that one. Um, that that just wasn't the case. But the club are playing quite a straight bat when it comes to telling us what's going on with with any players going out, not just not just Tommy Smith. Um, we sometimes get a little bit of a, a nod and a wink when it comes to players coming in if we go to them with the specific name. But with any players going out, there, they always play their cards a lot closer to the chest. We will obviously keep chipping away and see if we can find out any more. But as it stands, everything that we know, we, we've put on the on the website already on examinerlive.co.uk. That's the place to go if you want to get any updates as that unfolds over the next few days. So I just want to end this shorter special podcast by reading to you a piece that I wrote about the open training session that I went to on Tuesday afternoon. It wasn't just me there, it was open to the fans as well and there were a few dozen fans there. It was really interesting to see what goes on inside the training session and get a sense for the mood that was inside the camp and this is the piece that I wrote. You may already have read it. Uh, I am hoping though that I can bring it to life a little bit more with, by playing in some of the actual audio that we managed to record while we, while I was out there. Jan Siva arrives for Tuesday afternoon's training session several minutes in advance of the players, riding into a small sporting facility that would invariably be described as functional and unglamorous were it not for the rather dramatic sight of the beautiful Alps leering in on the training session from all sides. The Huddersfield Town head coach is now used to the ride. Since the squad arrived on Sunday, each day has begun and ended with the three and a half mile cycle between Kirchberg and the training ground in nearby Brixham in Tala, despite the rainy conditions of the past couple of days. The players were spared that for their lighter Tuesday afternoon session, which was thrown open to the public to observe. But Sievert, who of course was not put through his paces quite so heavily as he'd already made his players go three times this week, including earlier that morning, opted to ride in nonetheless alongside his new assistant Colin Bell and first-team coach Mark Hudson. There are a few dozen fans there at the club's open invitation, sitting on wooden benches at the side of the pitch. Sievert greets them cheerily, paying particular attention to the younger fans in attendance and chatting merrily with some of the older faces he's clearly come to recognise over the past couple of days. This is the first officially open training session, but some fans have already popped down to a couple previous sessions regardless. Making time for the kids impresses some fans sitting near me, Richard, Andy and John. I think that's really important, making the kids feel special, John says. Died in the wool, Terriers fans, the trio have been to every single minute of every Premier League game over the last two seasons, but are no glory hunters. John tells me about visiting Anfield to follow town back in the late 1960s, and how his visit to Spurs late last season meant he'd once again completed the full set of 92 current Premier League and EFL grounds. Town have made the effort to make this feel like an alpine home from home, 
bedecking the cages surrounding the grass pitch with town-branded banners bearing inspirational slogans and quotes attributed to successful figures like Michael Jordan, Lionel Messi, Conor McGregor and P. Diddy, an eclectic mix to say the least. As cringe-inducing as that may be to you or I, they're not aimed at us. They're intended to fire up a predominantly young squad who they are keen to get back into the winning habit. This is just a small part of the kind of effort Town have made this summer to encourage the group to put last season firmly in the past. The more familiar surroundings of PPG Canal Side, the club's training ground in Huddersfield, have also been redecorated this summer in the hopes it will aid the psychological transition out of a season of abject failure and into a new, hopefully more prosperous campaign. The players arrive 15 minutes or so after Siva on a Mercedes bus, and from the moment they walk in it seems clear that whatever the club are doing is having its intended effect. There's laughter and joking between drills, and even during one, a kind of British Bulldog-style warm-up that ends with the players in titters. <laughs> the return of some big, cheerful characters like Rajiv Van Lepara and Colin Kwanner after they spent the second half of last season out on loan has reportedly helped, and the new boys who have entered the squad look to be settling in well. Colin Grant only arrived at town in January, and his interviews to the press during his short time at the club have been considered and so softly spoken as to be hardly audible at times. But the 21-year-old striker already plays a vital role in the social mechanics of the club, helping new fellow youngsters like Josh Caroma, Reese Brown and West Ham trialist Moses McCarthy find their feet quickly. The players are divided into two groups, Siva oversees one, Dell the other, and the session gets underway. Split once again into three small sub-teams per group wearing different coloured bibs, the idea is that two sub-teams at a time should pass the ball around until a particular signal is given, at which point the third begins to press, cutting off their passing routes and looking to win the ball as quickly as possible. At one point, Sievert sees something he doesn't like and blows his whistle, calling for every player to stop and listen for a minute. the ball to one side and runs into space to demonstrate. It's the only time in the 90 minute session that Sievert stops the players in their tracks. More often he or Bell will wait until play is finished and offer feedback to their respective groups, ensuring the players understand what the point of the exercise was and how that applied to them in real life game situations. One thing that Bell calls out is that at one point his group had stopped playing when a player was fouled, looking over to him to see what needed to happen next. Also, The session finishes with a short game of 11v11 played on two thirds of a pitch, the details of which we've been asked not to disclose. And then everyone heads back to the hotel, the players and press officers by bus, the coaches on their bikes, to rest up ahead of tomorrow's double header of friendlies against Greta Furt. Town's media staff, incidentally, will be up until something like 11 o'clock tonight, preparing pieces, photos and videos for the club website.
The fans who turned out are delighted to have seen the team at such close quarters, and once the training has finished, three kids start an impromptu game in a small goal propped up next to the seating, with some passing coaches getting involved to teach a bit of heading as they go by. As I walk past to say my goodbyes, one of the children casually nutmegs me, not even celebrating the accomplishment of this most basic feat. That's exactly the kind of spirit that's permeated the town camp throughout the entire afternoon. Everyone's clearly having fun, but they're taking the football itself seriously. With a bit of luck, that clear renewed confidence will carry over into the new season and we'll all be able to enjoy a bit of that spirit. Thank you for listening. I know it's been a bit of a strange one this week and you're probably as fed up with the sound of my voice as I am at this point. But we'll be back next week with a more conventional, conversational format. As I say, we've got some great guests lined up for next week and the season ahead, so do join us for that. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter. We're at ExaminerHTAFC. And we're also on Facebook. If you search for Huddersfield Town News Examiner Live, we should come up on there. That's the best place to get all your updates, as well as, of course, the website examinerlive.co.uk. If you like the episode, consider telling a friend about it. If you really like the episode, then actually do tell a friend about it. And if you have some means of reviewing your podcast, whether that's through iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, then that really helps us out as well. If you could stick a review in there. But until next time. This is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. April 5th, 1918, the occurrence of influenza of severe type was reported in Kansas. This flu will become the most deadly pandemic in modern history. How did the influenza of 1918 spread so far, so fast? And does it tell us anything about this next big outbreak? I'm Sally Helm, and this is History This Week. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via ACAST or wherever you get your podcasts.